Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. I think this is a really funny dynamic where Brad, who had to like leave Winged Wheel Podcast night the morning after 6.30 in the morning, and knowing you, you have not stopped moving physically since then, is here completely drained of energy at one point i had to wake him up because he was resting his head on the mic stand and evan who's been at home quarantines you're free now but like fully rested fully recuperated bumping with energy and me completely disorganized today (laughs) (laughs) there's been some kind of frame shift we slipped into an alternate universe and everyone's taking each other's roles it's because i had one of those caffeinated bubblies oh how are those they're good, but they should not have that much caffeine, that's is, for sure. Is it a lot? It's like it's almost the same amount as a coffee. Like literally <laughs> 6 milligrams less. Cuz I looked it up. I was like 34 milligrams of caffeine. I was like that seems like a lot. I'm going to start I, slipping those in your waters when you get here. Yeah, they're uh you can't just grab one from the fridge like the other ones. You got to be very selective on your timing. <laughs> Have one of those at 10 p.m. by accident. Oh, see you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> all right, folks, welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast back in studio today. Uh, and all of us somewhat at full health here to talk Red Wings hockey, NHL hockey, and just about hockey. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Hanna. Definitely not at full health. I'm Brad Crisco. And I'm Evan. Evan is. Where's, a- my, Eric, where's my Eric Stahl shirt, by the way? Your Eric Stahl shirt. Don't even joke about this. We had this conversation. I do not remember this conversation. The 1,000 game? Oh, that's the Mark Stahl shirt. Mark. Bum. What did I say? Eric. Ah, uh, for, force a <laughs> habit. God. Force they're, a habit. They're on the way. Yeah. I, okay, I, good. Yeah, yeah. Don't, I, I'm not going to hold that. I don't even know what, how that came to my brain. I don't know. Is this what we're going to get all episode? Just like chaotic, caffeinated Evan? I'm going to need help wrangling him, Brad. You're going to have to wake up. Absolutely not. No chance. <laughs> on this episode it's of the week. show now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is the Evan Lobsinger oh show. Oh, God. Buckle up, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's going to be a good episode when Evan says buckle up. On this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast, we'll be talking to you uh, about the Red Wings game that just happened. Uh, believe it or not, a loss against Ottawa. This is not a recording. Well, I mean, it is a recording. But. We came up with a template two episodes ago. We, I don't even need to be here right now. Uh, we'll be taking a look at where Detroit stands uh, as we come towards the last couple of weeks, weeks of the season. Uh, there have been some acquisitions across the NHL in terms of the Red Wings bringing in a goalie for the rest of this year, which is a little strange. Um, free agent Ben Myers did not end up in Detroit or anywhere else. He, that was supposed to be a front runner. Uh, we'll be taking a look at the NHL playoff situation, which does not include the Red Wings. They have what? Been- I know, mathematically eliminated. They were mathematically eliminated as we were in Detroit, which I thought was funny. That was the that loss was the game. Well, Washington had won oh, that, that evening. Was yeah, afternoon. Yeah. Oh, so so we knew before the game started. But then, if Washington had lost, Detroit's loss to Columbus would have done it anyway. So mm. it, it was it was happening. And then we'll get into a uh, prospect profile before jumping into overtime. Before that. I want to tell everyone that this uh, episode of the Wind Wheel podcast is a continuation of our 
you know, forever supporter of the Jamie Daniels Foundation, and they're hosting a comedy night of hope on Sunday, May 1st at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle in Royal Oak, Michigan. Tickets are as low as 50 bucks and include a meal, either lunch or dinner, depending on the show you go to. The purchase of your ticket goes directly to support a new adolescent substance abuse treatment center that cares for youth regardless of insurance coverage or ability to self-pay. It's a vital lifeline for youth and families in Southeast Michigan. The show features three headliner comedians with Craig Shoemaker, Ian Bag, and Mike Young, and is sponsored by Priority. Waste and Cranks Catering. Go to jamiedanielsfoundation.org to find out more and purchase your tickets. Wings Money on the Board update. We have hit the $15,000 mark on this season. So through the three special events alone, two of the Winged Wheel podcast nights and the other special event that was in January, I believe, you have all helped raise over $15,000 already for the Jamie Daniels Foundation uh, through the this season for Wings Money on the Board. And, uh, you know, we were talking to our partner in this, Prashant Iyer, and that's not even counting the season-long pledges. So they, some of you made pledges for Wings Money on the Board that counted across the entire 21-22 season. We haven't tallied those up and collected donations yet. So we have a real chance of hitting that $20,000 goal. So if you want to know more about that, wingwheelpodcast.com slash blog and check the wings money on the board post and there's a giveaway coming out 10 lower bowl tickets are going to be given away to any random uh pledge person who pledges that has a season-long 2021-2022 nhl season pledge on wings money on the board so if you haven't made a pledge you have a chance now we're going to be drawing on friday and giving away 10 lower bowl tickets so thank you to the kind donor uh, of those tickets who sent those uh, along, and we're going to put them to good use to raise some good money for the, the foundation. The Detroit Red Wings played their, what was it, third game in 12 days against the Ottawa Senators. The first two results were 5-2 and 5-2. This one was not 5-2. It was 4-1 to Ottawa, although it was 2-1 until very late in the game. So at least they only lost this one by three. They only lost this one by three. Hold on. (laughs) I'm no math magician, but that one's not adding up. Yeah, the the Red Wings played, I don't know, this one wasn't like, um, they didn't get blown out by Ottawa, but I felt like they beat themselves. That was my takeaway at the end. There was just too few strong points, and this looked like a beleaguered team that was making mistakes. And uh, I don't know. This looked like a team that knew they had nothing to play for. Put a fork Ottawa, in it. Ottawa didn't have a good game either. No, no, they, they were they were just less bad. Um, probably the worst overall game of passing I've seen from the Red Wings. Like they were hitting everything but each other's sticks. Um, yeah, shots were missed in the net. Like it's game seventy, whatever. It's understandable. You're gonna have a few of these. It wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't for all the other stinkers that have accumulated over the season, but. Once again, um, they expanded their NHL record goals allowed into an empty net. So, you know, if you're going to be boring, at least be historic. The two gifted goals to Tim Stutzla in the empty net were a little insulting, especially because, you know, was held off the scoreboard before that. It was the Red Wing, the usual Red Wings killer of Austin Watson, who scored previously. Why can't the Red Wings stop Austin Watson? What's that about? I've got nothing. I have absolutely nothing on that one. Um, I thought that was a, again, 
this always comes with the qualifier of no, not perfect, but I thought that was a really good game from, from Moritz Sider in terms of standing out and being one of the only guys to do something on the ice. Um, funny enough, his hit on Eric Branstrom, which was a big hit. Branson was like kind of falling inside or just leveled him. And it was, oh man, you'd love to see it. I think the right play there actually would have been playing the puck because Branson still got the shot off. Like honestly, good play. Yeah. Credit to Branson for, for sacrificing the body and getting the shot off. But maybe playing the puck there would have been better. But overall, I think a, a good game from Sider. We saw more confidence um, from Michael Rasmussen as well. Yeah, he almost had a really nice one that he drew a penalty on. Um, don't know if that was a power play the Red Wings scored on or not, but he didn't show a lot this game, but you still saw enough of the flashes that we've been seeing for the last month or so. So, you know, in a game like that, you take whatever small victories you can. And obviously Rasmussen getting a couple quality chances that he created for himself mostly is uh, definitely a big positive. The... Uh... <laughs> Moritz Sider reverse hit. Do these guys just not watch tape? That is the easiest. If you're a video coach listening to this and you're playing against the Red Wings, tell your players Moritz Sider knows you're there. <laughs> he knows you're there. I promise you he knows you're there. He's he's goading you in. He's like that uh, that fish in the deep sea that has that little lantern hanging in front of it. He's just goading you in and then he's going to level you. And that was um, that was Joseph too. Was it? Yeah. I didn't know that. Which was funny. That makes it that much better. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Sider had that. Okay, the Bertuzzi goal uh, on the point off the Sider point shot. It did get tipped, but was Sider shooting for the pass off the backboards there? Mm, don't think so. I don't think so either. But He was shooting for Sunkfist. Who got the tip off? Was it Sunkfist or one of the, the it sends? Was, I think it was Sunkfist who was standing there. Still. It was like for a second, you're like, oh, my God, did Sider just pull that off? Because it wouldn't have been the first time that he shot for the pass this year. If he was shooting for the pass, that puck would not have left the ice. That, but when that got to Sunkfist, that was about hip high. Um, and, yeah, obviously, once it hits the boards, it's going to slow down. You know, gravity takes over. So it was on the ice by the time it got to Bertuzzi, which is fine. But, yeah, no, the it's not anything special to do. A lot of good players do it. But... On those plays, you don't shoot wide. You shoot short side. You shoot to the strong side of the player tipping it. So he shot it to Sunkfist forehand. And the fact that he didn't shoot it wide meant even if it missed or Sunkfist didn't get it, the puck wasn't going into Narnia. It was going to be in a playable area and it worked out. So good play. And uh, good release by Bertuzzi as well. Right place, right time. Yeah, it's not like you put a bar down or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's his spot, eh? Like that, that yeah. weird like side circle from the net like that he he does really well there either dishing it out or getting the puck on net he, he's really effective in that spot there's one player who i can remember in the last 10 years that has made a living from that spot and um it's james van reams like it's the jvr spot and bertuzzi's kind of taking it over good for him yeah and honestly okay let's let's think about what we've seen from the red wings for the last little while the suitor uh verana zadina line has been the only one that's really been super exciting Funny enough, of the Larkin Bertuzzi Raymond line, I think Larkin or Raymond in his rookie season has shown the most energy of late. It looks like Larkin and somewhat Bertuzzi are battling through stuff, or they're not completely on form. Well, Larkin has barely, if not at all, practiced in the last month. Mm-hmm. He is definitely hurting. Um, Bertuzzi, there hasn't been anything noted about 
injuries. So, but to be fair, Bertuzzi just always looks tired when he plays. He looks like every shift is just a struggle. That is just his style. Because he gives it like 300%. And he falls a lot. (laughs) There was a, it was like two minutes into the game and he's like diving full sprawl, like NHL, you press L1 and R1 at the same time for the puck like at the other team's blue line just trying to get a little bit of a tip on it and i love that i love that from tyler bertuzzi but he goes balls to the wall from whistle to whistle every game yeah that's that's just his style so i i can't read too much into it at this point that's just who he is as a hockey player and yeah rimmon's been good as he usually is yeah still really close to that uh rookie points lead he's not he's like three points off bunting or something so he's up there and of course mert cider is as well so the Red Wings have played 73 games. They have nine games left. We're coming up towards the end of the season here for them. Um, here are their upcoming games. On Thursday and Saturday, Carolina and the New York Rangers. Uh, sorry, and Sunday as well, Florida. So it's Carolina. Yeah. Oh, no. That's a little bit of a ringer. And Carolina, Rangers on the road, uh, Florida, just over 24 hours later from the Rangers game uh, oh, no. at home. Oh, no. Yeah, both of those matinee games. And that's all before next episode. And then after that, that, they have Tampa, Florida, Pittsburgh. (laughs) (laughs) They might lose every game down the stretch here. After that, they have... So we're picking eighth, Evan, not ninth. That's right. That's right. After that, they have New Jersey, Toronto, New Jersey. So two of their... Oh, maybe not. Maybe not. Two of their last nine games are not against teams where I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up in the conference finals. The Red Wings? No, no. Their opponents. It was a joke. Yeah. I, I'm not funny. And so I don't get your jokes. <laughs> of all those teams that you mentioned off that aren't New Jersey, the worst of them put up an 11 spot on the Red Wings a couple weeks ago. Yeah, actually, <laughs> two of those teams, two of those teams have scored 10 or more against the Red Wings. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> this season, in the last couple months. The, the only hope is that the, those teams just load manage their, their big guns and the Red Wings have any yeah. sort of chance. That like, basically is like Huberto, Huberto only plays 15 minutes instead of 20. Which they should do, or they should be playing the backups a little bit more. Like, they shouldn't get Vasilevsky. Oh, good. We get Spencer Knight. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, He needs needs his first career hat trick, too, right? That's right. With Toronto, isn't it a bad thing if we get their backup? Because that can only be an upgrade at this point. I'm fairly certain Detroit shares goalies when Toronto comes into town. That's where they're at right now. That team with their goaltending, and I can never keep track. It's they're either like this eight million dollar goaltender is playing like garbage, or this like random schlup off off the street or out of the stands has like a nine twenty seven. He's all of a sudden the Calder favorite. They're showing the starting goalies before the games, and in net for the Detroit Red Wings, it's Alex Ndelkovich, and at the other end for the Toronto Maple Leafs, Max Boltman. (laughs) (laughs) Max is like, oh shit. So the Red Wings right now are sitting 24th overall in the league, um, which puts them at ninth in terms of draft. You know, that's before a lottery. So ninth best odds, and, and they'd be drafting ninth as of today. Buffalo is behind them. 
with uh, one fewer point. So Red Wings are sitting at 66. Buffalo has 65. How many games they, do they have in hand? But Red Wings have two games in hand on Buffalo. Oh, we have games in hand on them. Yes. Yeah, but the games in hand. <laughs> Carolina, <laughs> yeah. Rangers, Florida, Tampa, Toronto. <laughs> so here's the thing. The, the teams behind the Red Wings, I'll go down to 50. I'll go down to 59 points. That's a seven-point difference. I think that's insane. I don't think that'll... Not happening. No. expecting a bad team to make up seven points. Yeah. So that's Buffalo with 65, Ottawa with 60, Chicago with 59, and New Jersey with 58. Just for the hell of it. Yeah. It's not happening. But look at the points percentages. Detroit at 452, and the next closest is Buffalo at 433, and then Ottawa at 411. Like, And then Chicago is 404. Everyone below that is below 400. The Red Wings are going to dra- are gonna have eighth or ninth best odds in this draft lottery, yeah, in all likelihood. Because even if you look ahead of them, the teams have a lead with games in hand, if I'm not mistaken. So, And really, what the hell is the difference in moving up one spot at this point? Like a percentage? I mean, that's literally the kiss of death right me saying that yeah thank you for that but like it's like okay buffalo jumps you you're instead of being 5.4 percent you're 6.9 percent yeah if you look at um last year's odds i think this was last year's odds red wings right now if they move up one spot it's from 5.4 to 5.8 yeah like who and gives then a shit 6.7 i guess really it's only the fact that you've almost i'll say quote unquote secured your spot yeah well you're probably going to move down one or two no what's going to happen is uh, the red wings are going to pick nine because they're going to win the last game against new jersey or whatever to vault buffalo again and then buffalo matt savoy will slip and buffalo will take him at eight that's (laughs) that's what's going to happen it is comforting to know that the red wings in two drafts where i'm like i wish they would have won the lottery picked ended up picking the best, if not like a top two player from those drafts in Raymond Insider. Um, top two or three, depending on how much anyone wants so to far. argue. So it is what it is. We knew this. There's two factors leading into this, right? The Red Wings had an incredibly hot overperforming start at the beginning of the year because no one was injured. Everyone was lights out and they had stellar goaltending, especially from Alex Nedeljkovic. And the reason they haven't been able to drop lower is because there has been this year has been very top and bottom heavy overall in the NHL. The star teams are the star teams and the bums are the bums. Like if you look at the wild card standings in the East, you have Boston and Washington with 95 and 92 points. And then the first non wild card team are the New York Islanders with 77. Here's how set the Eastern conference playoff race is. Do you know who the last team to be in a playoff spot in the Eastern conference was that isn't currently in a playoff spot. The Red Wings. It was the Red Wings. Which so was remember December? how long ago the Red Wings fell out of the playoff spot? Nobody has jumped in since. It's been those eight teams. And if you look at the league standings, Arizona's in the West, Montreal's in the East, Seattle's in the West, Philly East, New Jersey East, Ottawa and Buffalo both East, and Chicago's in the West. Like it's, it was going to end up this way. We've seen this for a long time coming, and that's why the whole like pain for Shane Wright thing is like, eh. if you want to, whatever string or chit you're going to pull with the gods to get this one, you're going to have to do it from eighth or ninth, regardless for the Red Wings. Yeah, you better really hope that Frank Nazer's a center. Let's do a draft lottery. Let's do a tankathon. Mm. Why not? Let's sim it. Three, two, one, and the Red Wings move down two spots to eleventh. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All that pain for all that reward. I will say the... Wait, how did they move down two spots? 
in this simulation, uh, San Jose moved up eight spots and the Islanders moved up nine spots. That's literally, oh my God. That's literally the worst case scenario for the NHL. Uh, and then Arizona's third? Arizona's first. It's Arizona, San Jose, Oh, Montreal. I'm sorry. I thought those were the first two. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. sorry. Arizona, San Jose, Montreal. I'd say, Ryan, I was having a good day, but I haven't been. You're just adding to it. Yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. You look bummed. Oh, and I just did it again. Anaheim moved up 10th. Detroit's been in 11th both times. I'm going to stop doing this. Folks, don't <laughs> don't sim draft lotteries. This isn't a fun experience. So, again, it, this what is- What did we talk about before the episode? What? When I said I'm not touching that damn website until the draft. <laughs> Even then, it's probably best to avoid no. it. I mean, then there's your case to drop as low as you can just to try and stay in the top 10. Anyhow. Let's move on to other Red Wings news. Actually, no, no, no. Last nine games. Prediction. Win-loss record. Two and seven. <laughs> Straight up two and seven? <laughs> New Jersey twice. <laughs> two and seven, but neither of those wins come from New Jersey. You want to know what I say? Some dumb shit like six and three? No, four, three, and two. There's no way. There's no way! Still a losing record. I think Toronto's going to choke it because it's Toronto. No, Toronto's had Detroit's number this year. Two wins against the Devils, maybe one against Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't know. Probably ambitious. Not that I necessarily want it to happen. Anyhow, uh, today the Detroit Red Wings signed goalie Magnus Helberg um, out of the KHL. He has some NHL experience, some. Four games. To a one-year contract. And the initial reaction for that was... We call it a one-year contract. That feels disingenuous. Well, that's the thing. The initial reaction was, okay, you sign him to a one-year deal. This is for depth. Looking at his statistics, he's 31 years old. You're like, oh, probably AHL. And then you know, we got confirmation, and, and Max Boltman of The Athletic Detroit confirmed it. This isn't a one-year contract for next year. This is a contract for the remainder of this season. All nine games of it. So I don't know if there's an injury, if this is like put sending him down to the A because Pickard, whatever it might be, it is kind of interesting. Let's let's preface this by saying he's not a needle mover. This isn't some monumental thing for the organization. This is like filling in spots or depth as you need to just close up the season. And obviously Hellberg is coming in and essentially doing a favor. Pretty much, yeah. But it is. it was kind of like, oh, you came in for nine games. This is kind of notable. Do we have confirmation? Is he even AHL eligible at this point in this season? I'm f- I'm pretty sure he is, like, to play in the playoffs. But I don't have those rules in front of me. So if we have that wrong, someone correct us. But from what I've asked around, and we're pretty sure that he is, is AHL eligible. Okay, because there's only two reasons this signing makes any sense the first one being the most likely and what we've already alluded to pickard's hurt in the ahl it's probably not a good injury that team's actually going to play in the playoffs and they need you know more than one guy to parade out there in order to play so if it's bratstrom and helberg okay or this is an audition hey we don't have thomas grice next year you want to be our backup okay we're going to give you nine games to see what you got. Here's Florida, Tampa, Pittsburgh, <laughs> New York. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be, it's not fair to him, but it's better than nothing, I guess. Cause uh, to be fair, like his AHL numbers and KHL numbers over his career have been stellar. He, he's been really, really good at those levels. So 
you know, again, I don't expect anything from a 31 year old free agent goalie. Yeah. Like, but he's what, six foot six and put up really, really good numbers in the next two best leagues in the world. There's at least a partial chance that he's okay. Like maybe he could turn into a Miko Koskinen, which is a serviceable NHL backup for cheap. Um, Same contract. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's, it's either it's confusing because it's for nine games or however many games the Griffins have left. But again, it doesn't affect anything. So former second round pick of the Nashville Predators, Predators for whom he played one game. Uh, and he played two games for the Rangers. Here are his last five seasons in terms of save percentage in the KHL. 926, 940, 927, 930, and 917. Does he play season. on one of the good KHL teams, though? Because don't the good ones basically just dummy everybody else? One of those seasons was through the for the Kunlun Red Star. Oh, who God. Are, yeah, that's impressive. That is now impressive. This season is for Sochi. Three of them were for St. Petersburg, SKA. So. Then they're a wagon. So, But yeah, yeah, he did it with Red Star. And then if you keep going through his AHL numbers before that, they weren't bad. No, not at all. He had one season below a 9-11 uh, save percentage in the AHL. That's it. Yeah. So, again, is this anything to write home about? No. Is it? really interesting just even from like a transaction standpoint yeah he's gonna have to clear waivers uh to come in we'll find out who's pissed that the red wings are on the league right now <laughs> yeah i don't think this is a harry satari situation where uh, i honestly the fact that satari got claimed by multiple teams like multiple teams put in a claim i can't say for sure helberg clear i weird it's been a weird year with with satari i was uh, i actually came up I think it was on this podcast where I said, I don't think teams did it just to spite Toronto. Like, I, I think that's just like reactionary. But then apparently there was information that they actually did. Why the hell not? Just to piss off Toronto. Can you imagine you're at like four, like one contract away, 49 or whatever it is from your contract limit for the season. And you use that last slot just to piss off Kyle Dubas. You kind of have to respect it. Well, if you have the cap space and the contract slots, if you're Florida, Tampa and Boston. Yeah, why not? You're screwing over a team you might play in the first round. This could be a solution for them that you are now taking away. Now, Arizona just happened to actually need a goalie when that happens. So. Right. Poor guy thinks he's coming in to play for Toronto, might play in the playoffs, push for the cup, and ends up playing in a university stadium. <laughs> that I think the Arizona capacity will be lower than 4,000 after they make the adjustments they need to for TV and stuff. Oh, God. I love that story. What are man. we doing here? Yeah. Yeah, it's something special. Read that. Now we can add a little more context to the Magnus Helberg conversation. Magnus Helberg on signing with Detroit, and this is courtesy of our friend Ice Hockey Gifts on Twitter. Detroit's only got nine games left and will miss the playoffs. That's right. I become a free agent after that. Will you play with the Red Wings in the NHL or Grand Rapids in the AHL? It will be in the NHL. So that's confirmation that Helberg is coming in and playing in the NHL. This has to be a tryout then, right? Yeah, must be. This has to be, I want to play in the NHL next year. This is the best shot I have to prove that I can play in the NHL. Oh, God, this is the best opportunity. Oh, if he lights this up, he's a starting goalie for next year. Trade away Sebastian Kosa. If this guy, if this guy, you know, is a stellar against these yeah, I want to get into mountaineering. Here's the tallest mountain <laughs> in the world. It's, I'm going to climb that one first. It's Kilimanjaro <laughs> stacked on top of Everest, actually. Yeah. And there's a blizzard. Oh, he's a brave man. 
I don't know. He's uh, he's over in, in the K and he's a Swedish guy. So obviously the Red Wings European scouting contingent have, must have had eyes on him. There could be some kind of um, wink, wink, nudge, nudge agreement here too. Like, hey, if you come over and you're not terrible, we'll sign you to X contract for next year or something like that, right? So are we looking at the potential backup goalie? Of course we are. Why year? wouldn't be? Because it's not like there are a ton of options. If the Red Wings are likely to move on from Grace, we know that. So who are they going to bring in that's not Grace? Another Grace. There's no Nadelkovic out there. There's no star goalie. It's not like Bobrovsky is a free agent this year. Yeah, so odds are the Red Wings are not going to be super ag- aggressive in the goalie trade market to bring in someone like a Yuryev, hypothetically, to back up Nadelkovic. So got to assume that's off the table. So then it comes to a f- down to a free agent signing. And generally, for a backup goalie, you're not going to pay them a lot. So that narrows the window to two type of two types of free agent goalie signings. The aging veteran that you know is at least half decent and is going to give you very average to mediocre goaltending, a la Thomas Grice, Brian Elliott, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Or you take a chance on a guy who's shown really well elsewhere in the world and you pray he doesn't suck. You know, uh, Miko Koskinen comes to mind on that one. Um, don't know if there's many more examples beyond that. I'm sure there are, but they're not coming to my head right now. When you're the Red Wings, well, yeah, you're in a position where it's probably worth a gamble because if Helberg is something, he's either A, going to push Ndelkovic or be a solution in net for a few years because he's only 31, or he's going to get you a hell of a return for a team that needs a goalie come playoff time. Or he comes in, is sufficient. There's no other options that are like really too sexy in front of him. You get him for cheap. He's good for you for like 20-something games, falls off a cliff. You wave him and you bring in wh- whoever else off waivers free agency. Like Harry Sateri, come on down. <laughs> and then Toronto claims him because he'd gone back to Europe by then there's or something. N- yeah. So I, there's just, again, I don't think this moves the needle in the end. I think the most exciting thing is we maybe just got eyes on or are going to get eyes on the Red Wings, you know, backup for next year or their third string goalie for next year. Who knows? Yeah. Either way, the fact that he says it's in the NHL is at least notable. It's at least notable. That's the Red Wings. Uh, anything else on Detroit? <laughs> what's coming up? Well, we already know what's coming up. <laughs> oh, and, and why don't we do Ben Myers right now? So Ben Myers is the... Um, He's dead. Dead to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. See you later. <laughs> yeah. That was the most pissed off I've seen you in the group chat before. Was it? I mean, you've never said anyone's dead to you before. That can't possibly be true. Yeah, I don't know why I would lie like that. That was just, I don't, I can't even think of an example and I know that was. And I can't think of it either. And I know that's, yeah, definitely not true, but continue. So Ben Myers uh, out of Minnesota center, maybe like honestly was playing a lot of center and we thought maybe could uh, fill in that spot for Detroit. The most coveted uh, NCAA free agent now that that season is over. Minnesota and Detroit were the leading teams to bring him in. And then there was a little bit of a delay. If you remember last episode, we recorded it on Sunday and we thought he'll have signed by tonight and we'll have to like put something up. But um, he met with like, I think more than a dozen teams and ended up signing with, you know, the poor Colorado Avalanche. So the Avalanche bring him in. That is one hell hell of a depth piece to to, uh, add to the team. All all this has taught me is that Myers is the Kevin Durant of NCAA hockey. (laughs) I mean, he can't play in the playoffs this year. 
doesn't matter. And he'll if he plays, you know, the the nine games or whatever, he'll have to burn a year of his ELC. But it is a two year deal. Doesn't matter. Still a coward. <laughs> Not actually, but it was fun. It was fun to think about it while it lasted. Yeah, yeah exactly. The um, that was the last time. What was the uh, what was another time where the Red Wings were in on the top name for each? And I mean like the top coveted one because the the only one Danny that DeKaiser? Danny is it De- Danny DeKaiser? It's Danny DeKaiser. Is it that far back you have to go? Yeah, because they brought in Taro Hirose and um, was it Kuffner? Yeah, but they were not the top, but they were. They were notable. Some, they were some of the better options available that year. Yeah. But yeah, it's funny when you look over the last 10 years or whatever it is of all the unrestricted free agents that come out of college hockey, man, DeKaiser might have been the biggest success story of them all. So it could have been better. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Adam you? Fox got really close, but didn't. But yeah. It's a- well, uh, the Ben Myers saga is over. I don't know how we're ever going to continue. On to the next one. By understanding that over the last 10 years, Danny DeKaiser has been the best college free agent to come out. So, <laughs> Okay, uh, we're going to jump into some more uh, prospect and NHL broad news. But before we do that, I do want to tell you that this episode of the Winged Wheel podcast is proudly brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, a sponsor that gives Red Wings fans what we desperately need right now, even more excitement in the game. There's so many reasons why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. They're simple to use with great odds on different betting markets, giving you more action every game day. They're tons of fun with unique bet types like same game parlay and exclusive promos on the biggest events. And when you win, you get your winnings back safely in as little as 24 hours. Now listen to this. FanDuel is letting you place your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just place a bet on any game and FanDuel will refund you up to $1,000 back in site credit if you don't win. No strings attached. If you win, you keep the cash. If you lose, you get the $1,000 back in site credit. Now what we want you to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started with that risk-free bet and be sure to sign up with promo code WWP so they know the Winged Wheel podcast sent you. That's FanDuel Sportsbook promo code WWP. You must be 21 and older and present in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, West Virginia, Indiana, Colorado, Iowa, Tennessee, Virginia, or Michigan. First online real money wager only. Site credit is non-withdrawable and expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See sportsbook.fanduel.com for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia, Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789, 1-800-GAMBLER.net, West Virginia, or call 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. Okay. Let's take a look at the playoff picture in the NHL. So in the East, anyone outside of the wild card's not in. I, I know they haven't technically clinched, but the it's not close. The Eastern Conference teams are Carolina, the Rangers, Pittsburgh, Florida, Toronto, Tampa Bay, and the two wild cards as of right now are Boston, Washington. No one is bumping anyone out. That's it. It's over. What we're looking at here, though, is a really interesting race. Um, I think to determine who's going to play who, because as of right now, what do we have? A Carolina, Carolina and Florida seem to be pretty firmly established as the division winners, unless something dramatic happens. So right now it would be Carolina, Boston, and then Florida, Washington. Although Washington's on a bit of a heater and Pittsburgh's been sliding. So that gap has narrowed significantly. I would love to see Boston jump tampa bay so we get tampa bay carolina out of the matchup that creates that's the one you want to see oh i would enjoy the two weeks of psychological hell watching toronto and boston square off oh oh yeah yeah yeah. my god um i want to say it was it was jeff who's talking about this but if toronto ever wants to do anything they have to go through boston 
Like that that is or it'll be in another five years. It'll be five more years and then Boston will eventually have to rebuild. That is running directly back at the sword that killed you like multiple times. That is either the monkey off your back or like Dubis gets fired in the offseason if they lose to Boston. That's not, you have it, to exercise your demons at some point. You have to, right? You have to. I get it. They don't technically have to. They can get around them, whatever. But it just feels like for a team with such a storied history of losing when it matters, like Toronto, when they absolutely should have won, Boston is like on the front cover of that book. <laughs> it's not the same Boston team, though. They don't have David Krejci. Zdeno Char is not there. The team's a little older. It, I don't know. I think this version of Boston is... I think previous versions of Boston have been beatable if you're Toronto, but this one has to be your best chance to to take him out. Except they got Hampus Lindholm, who looks real good. Jeremy Swayman could have been a Calder finalist at some point this year. Probably should be. Charlie McAvoy continues to be Charlie McAvoy. Charlie McAvoy is going to be a Norris finalist. Patrice Bergeron's going to win the Selkie. They're going to rename it after him this year. Brad well, Marchand is looking at least four players on the Toronto Maple Leafs in the playoffs. And we haven't even mentioned David Pasternak or um, Taylor Hall yet. <laughs> yeah, no, Toronto's going to do great. Toronto's biggest opponent in the first round of the playoffs is the Toronto Maple Leafs. It doesn't matter who they play, but it being Boston is just way more hilarious. Okay, you're the Toronto Maple Leafs. You're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. And you, I don't want you to be objective. Like, think of all the pain, all the letdown, all like the storylines and everything. Who would you rather play right now? The Boston Bruins or the reigning back-to-back Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning? <laughs> Boston. Run through the wall. You yeah, that's what I was. Ahead. that's what I was thinking, too. Imagine. Like, you know what? Let's just embrace the pain we already know that we can, uh, we can live through. I'm sure it's there's better examples of it, but the the situation in recent memory that this reminds me of, or like within the last 20 years, was Vancouver against Chicago mm-hmm. in 2011. When they finally got through Chicago in 2011, the momentum, the energy they took out of that first round, they walked all the way to Game 7 of the Cup Finals after that. Well, the like, Washington-Pittsburgh, Washington yeah. finally beating Pittsburgh. Yeah, Everyone's like, holy shit, one. here they finally go, and then they just walk their way through it. Who scored that Vancouver OT winner? Alex Burrows. That was one of the most hyped-up goals I've ever seen in my entire life I was watching. at the bar. I remember watching that. Yeah. yeah. One of the great calls all in the- NHL history, too. It's a great day for an exorcism. Yeah. Like, that's one of the more underrated series in hockey history, it was too. So that, good. Because Vancouver goes up 3 nothing in this series. Chicago comes back 3 3. Vancouver is leading all of game seven. Jonathan Taze ties it shorthanded with like two minutes left in game seven, all leading up to that game seven overtime winner. Like crazy. So, yeah, getting back to the point, if Toronto can take out Boston and take that Washington, Vancouver, like that energy into it. I'd be hard pressed to believe they're not going to run through at least two more rounds because like, man, you, you would feel like you could rip a phone book in half after doing that. Although nothing about Toronto other than, than them losing in the, in game seven is predictable. What What's Toronto's storyline this year? Obviously Austin Matthews is having one of the most impressive scoring season and seasons in the modern era. And that, that matters, but then you have what? Okay. Mitch Marner's stellar. Mitch Marner's stellar every year, but, what matters now is what Mitch Marner do you get in the playoffs? What are they going to do in net? You know, how is their goaltending going to show up? Are they going to get Jeremy Swaymond? 
Are they going to get goalied? It's they just need to catch lightning in a bottle. For they really a month do, or whatever. They really do. And you know, I I have no sympathy for Toronto. Like, yes, the the Atlantic is a Thunderdome, but they've had many cracks at the can where they were where the competition was way weaker. But this year, especially, it's like you have Matthews playing his best. You have Marner playing his best. You don't have the goaltending situation you want, but then you, every one of your opponents is just like the juggernaut embodied. Toronto should be a favorite versus whoever they go in against, but until they beat someone, they're they're, they're not. not. Um, New York Tampa is going to be an excellent, or sorry, New York Pittsburgh is going to be an excellent series if that's what it ends. If up that's being. what it ends up being, I almost would argue New York Washington may be better because of their history. Yes, yes. It's going to be one of those two and, series, and either way, is gonna, either one's going to be a bad. And there's a bit of bad blood because Nick Dowd plays on Washington, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh just Crosby the sucker and, punch yeah, from yeah. Crosby. You know they're going to be hyping that up. Yeah, yeah. It could turn into a, a series I would enjoy. Yeah, but hear me <laughs> out. Violence. <laughs> the New York Rangers and Artemi Panarin against. The Washington. Oh Capitals yeah, what am I talking and Tom about? Tom Wilson. Oh yeah, you didn't. Get oh that, God, yeah, it's a CT. I just feel. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the mics picked that up. Junior hockey was rough on you. Yeah, he went to Guelph. Of it was, course, it was. it was Fight Club. You got CTE from the, not even from the hockey, it was from going to, what's that place that's like four different bars? Uh, Trappers. Yeah, from Trappers after. <laughs> yeah. That place is a zoo. I went there once, I barely survived. It's oh, disgusting. It's awful. Yeah, do not, re- it's like Phil's, it's just so bad. Uh, in the West is a super interesting race. You have Colorado, who is, is cemented atop the Central. Minnesota and St. Louis are fighting it out with 96 points each behind them. And then you have Calgary, who's uh, atop the Pacific with 99 points. And then behind them, you have Edmonton and L.A. Um, you also have Vegas and Vancouver. Let's actually look at the divisional standings here rather than the so wild card. The Central's easy because Colorado's winning the division and Minnesota and St. Louis are playing each other in the first round. And they're just playing for home ice at this point. Yeah, Dallas and Nashville are not catching them. And they're, they're, Dallas and Nashville are fighting for that wild card yeah. spot. And um, Calgary is winning the Pacific. Nobody's catching them. Edmonton looks to be pretty comfortable in that second uh, Pacific Division seed now, since they've been good since Jay Woodcroft took over. They could like they could lose that to LA, who's only two points behind. Edmonton has a game in hand. I mean, anything can happen over the last eight games, but they should keep that. They should spot. keep it. And LA's uh, Doughty's out for the season now too, right? So mm-hmm. um, Vegas is right on LA's heels, and um, that almost feels like more of a playoff battle than for the wild card spots because I think Vegas is the whatever you want to call ninth seed in the West right now, and they've got a better chance of catching LA than they do catching Dallas or Nashville for the wild card spots. Do you say they're the ninth seed in the West? Oh, in the West, sorry, not their division. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, their Vegas is three points behind, but they have a game in hand. The two wild card spots right now are held by Nashville and Dallas, both at seventy three games played. Um, Nashville has eighty nine points, and Dallas has eighty eight. Vegas, Vancouver, and Winnipeg is not making it in. So Winnipeg's out of it. Thanks to Detroit for the most part. Yeah, honestly. and Vancouver's at a five point four percent chance to make it, so they're out of it. So v- Vegas has eighty five points. Vancouver has eighty two. I don't think Vancouver is going to make it, but just for the sake of it. The Pacific is making this interesting. It's that third Pacific slot that is really up for grabs right now. Like you can get any kind of configuration here of of 
of matchups in that first round. And Vegas, you know, with everything with Jack Eichel, uh, they're getting Mark Stone off LTIR now. Yeah, he played last night. Yeah, so it's. I hope it's too little, too late. You, you're, you're rooting against Vegas. Absolutely. I don't know. Just something about them rubs me the wrong way right now. A lot of people don't like them, and you know what? As a guy who doesn't like when people don't like things for no reason, I do understand this one. They've had a weird history with how they handle players. They've had a weird history with how they handle personnel. I don't know. you As a team that sucks right now, like you hate to watch a team come in and experience no pain and no loss, and they just keep adding elite players. Well, they just keep doing like aggressive move after aggressive move, and it finally is starting to catch up, and it's like, good. You don't get to have... I don't feel bad for other teams' pain. You, like... It has there has to be a price on the other side of the ledger at some point. It's just been spend, spend, acquire, acquire, acquire. Sounds like our economy. <laughs> <laughs> In this economy? Yeah, that that's what Vegas has been. Okay. Nashville, Dallas, Vegas, LA. Who do you want to see in? I'd like it to stay as it is right now. Yeah. I'm I Vegas needs to experience the pain, and I don't like their methodology for building a team because they should be good right now and let's be honest they would be good they have been probably the most unlucky team for injuries this year them in montreal they have missed significant players multiple significant players for significant amounts uh of time this season so it's kind of like yeah the karma coming back to it and they did not acquire young players so having a season completely wasted is not a small deal in Vegas. So they'll still be good for a couple more years. So I'm not like it's now or never, but I like seeing the teams that rebuild the proper way get it, get rewarded for it. And I, and LA has the done Edmonton it. Oilers. Yeah. But no, like LA is my example here for that. They, they rebuilt yeah. properly fast though. I will say they had a good turnaround. They, they had some luck. In they the had world. a bit of luck and, and you have to get luck. And, you know, we can look at LA as a pretty good comparison for Detroit. Now we didn't have the lottery luck they did, but you can argue it's luck that, you know, the Red Wings got two cornerstone pieces, Sider and Raymond, where they did in the draft. So that's obviously good scouting, but at the same point, they ha- those players have to get to you. Yeah. Um, Calgary's so- done like a really good job too, building their team. And then yep. they made the big splash for Markstrom when they knew that their team was coming up. And like this year, they've got like th- seven guys on their team who have over 20 goals. So like they're getting it from everywhere. And they made the right moves. They were patient with the players they needed to be patient with, and they didn't overcommit to the players that they should. Like, you know, Mark J. Dan was the captain of their team, and she was like, yeah, we are we want a first and a third for to not take him. And they're like, see you later. He's 38. No, of course not. Are you crazy? Yeah. Like. I still can't believe how Seattle played that. Yeah. Like, I get it. You have to try to ask for the same prices, but everyone wised up. Why would you hold? Like, just get. They essentially, Something. yeah, they blew this season they, and then they're like half-assing with like now reacquiring picks again. I don't know. I just don't like the way uh, Ron Francis ran that. I agree though. I, I would like to see LA make it. Vegas, Nashville, Dallas. Like I understand what you're saying about Vegas. I think watching Mark Stone and Jack Eichel in the playoffs would be cool. I always want the you better. do it next year. Yeah. Well, in either moment. Um, I, more than anything, I just want Calgary Edmonton in the second round. Yes. Very much. Yes. Like That's all I care about. Didn't Leon Drysdale say something like, "I wouldn't want to play us in the first round" or oh. something stupid? <laughs> God. Man, man, who is about to lose in the first round? Yeah, <laughs> famous but, last words. Yeah, I mean McDavid against LA's defense, though. I think they got a pretty good chance to get to the second round. <laughs> y- yes, fair. 
it's just like, I don't know, Toronto has always had a pretty good chance. If you had to pick one team in the West, it's Toronto. It doesn't exist, but the closest thing is Edmonton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's in the playoffs, they're, yes. They're, they're, they feel fragile at best. Yeah. The theme of this episode is laughing at pain and ignoring our own. That's how we're going to get through these next nine games. <laughs> Ryan, you can't hurt what is already dead. That's absolutely true. All right. Well, we're going to keep an eye on those playoff races. And, uh, oh man, I do miss playoff hockey. I love this time of year every year. And this is the first year where it's felt normal. Without knowing the finalized standings, give me who you to think will be in the finals. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it's a rematch of 96. Going to oh. jump on a real big lim- limb there. Michael Bunting was only 14 then. <laughs> <laughs> I am wait. A, who was ninety? Who did you say? Colorado, Florida. Oh, okay. I'm going to say Calgary, Tampa Bay, with Calgary taking it. Oh, a rematch Tampa. of 04. Yeah, because Tampa. Jesus, of course. <laughs> this guy. I actually knew the 04. Yeah, because that was like one of the greatest Cup finals we've seen in our lifetime. The puck was in. The puck was. Oh, in that the was that one. Yep. Yeah. Martin Jelena scored. You cannot tell me otherwise. Don't tell me about parallax. I know about parallax. Okay. Uh, I think it's Calgary, Tampa Bay, and I don't think Tampa Bay has the legs to make it three in a row. That's my prediction. And when we have an opportunity to predict again at the end of the season, I will make a different one. Yep. I make the rules. Same. <laughs> I'm, I'm already thinking of my next answer. Yes. You're hypocrites. Yeah. We go on a podcast twice a week. I contradict myself twice every yeah. sentence. Yeah. Just because of the conversation we had, Evan's going to pick Toronto and Edmonton. Yeah. I would go right now. I would say Calgary, Florida. But if there's going to be a, if I got to pick a dark horse team, I'm taking Minnesota. Oh, that's interesting. Get them; at, uh, they get some home ice advantage. Playoffs are weird, you know. You get some home ice advantage. People in Minnesota are nuts. The barn's going to be rocking. Their team's looking really good, so in, maybe in, they can make some magic happen. In the 21st century, Minnesota has beat Colorado in a game seven in overtime in Colorado twice. I'm just saying. There, I knew that. That could be their kryptonite. I didn't. I did not know that. Andrew, oh. That was when Andrew Burnett sent Patrick Wan to retirement. And then there was that Niederreiter one for right. a few years ago. Uh, yeah, yes. right. I do remember the Niederreiter one. Man, if Bill Guerin comes in and is able to like make this weird like one flux year where they're kind of floating in the ether before the impending cap pain, which doesn't kick in until next season, work and like makes a cup final run out of it, that is – that will be impressive as hell, and that'll cement his job as an NHL GM for years and years and years. And then everybody looks at his salary cap situation next year and goes, "Oh wait, maybe not." And they'll no, but they'll <laughs> say it was worth it. You got a crack at the cup. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, for sure. But I mean, they have to make it there first. Okay. Uh, we have time for a prospect profile here. Uh, it's about time that we talk about actual NHL draft prospects. So, 2022 NHL draft. Uh, in this today's prospect is out of Metalurg Magnitogorsk. Oh, yes. Evan loves that name the so much. The city where Europe meets Asia. <laughs> <laughs> That's the city's motto. Never forget that, ladies and gentlemen. As we always say. <laughs> when traveling to Metalurg Magnitogorsk, just remember IS, where Europe meets Asia. Give us the tourism breakdown of Magnitogorsk. <laughs> yeah. Evan? Their favorite their city color is gray. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. Uh, Danila Yurov is the uh, prospect, the winger out of Magnitogorsk. Brad, take us away here. Oh, I love Danila Yurov as a player. Um, the only negative thing I could say about him really in a draft context is he's a winger. Um, he has 
a very, very complete game, does not lack skill, and has very high hockey IQ. Um, the big question with Yurov is he's in a late 03 birthday, so the overagers. So again, not c- comparing him to the rest of the draft class isn't apples to apples. And he spent most of the year in the MHL in Russia, which is not the easiest league to scout out of. And, you know, results and everything do tend to make it a little more complicated. And in his stints in the KHL where he played three minutes a game, he basically did nothing. So there's those question marks around him, but yeah, he processes the game and makes plays at a very high pace. Um, he's got a great shot, great hands, can skate, competes hard. He's he's a player that if you don't love watching him play hockey, I don't know why you play ho- watch hockey. Like he he's everything you want, but he's a winger, and there's a lot of questions around translatability mm-hmm. from Russia to the NHL. Is Yurov going to be a good NHLer? I can say pretty confidently, probably yes. That could be on any of the four lines, though, and I don't know where that ceiling is. Now, based on what we've seen, I'm going to say that's in the top six, and I'd say that's likely in the top six. But we don't know. It's Russia. It's, we've always had these complications drafting guys like Yurov out of Russia. So, you know, that 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 little bit of a wild card factor because of – scouting complications is there and then there's the whole political complications that i'm not going to get into <laughs> but yeah. yeah it's yeah he he could be one of the big big wild cards of the top 10 maybe even the first round he's an interesting prospect to me like you said brad if you don't like watching him play we're not i'm not sure that you like hockey and i thought that was a really good way to put it because his game is almost like a prototypical good hockey player's game fast strong skilled decisive like he does a lot of everything i don't think he's a superstar in the making i know oftentimes when you only talk about positive attributes you're like ryan brad evan you've only said good things about this guy why is he not first overall none of those skills really stand out to me as like superstar level exactly but to me he's got he's he's already what like six two six one six two he's got his size he's not really had a big cup of tea in the khl so that does bring in some concern for me for how much does this Will this translate over to the pro game against grown men? But the MHL is no joke, and he's done well with every test that he's had. And he's, it's worth noting, he's dominated the MHL this yes. year. Yes, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's he's not looked bad at any point. It's legitimately just about how much is this going to sustain if he gets drafted and if he comes to the NHL. I'm I can't even give any pay, like mind to like the whole Russia thing. I don't know how teams are going to handle that. I would. I didn't even think the whole. Um, barring re- Russians from the Russians and Belarusians from the um, CHL selection draft was the right move anyways. And they went that direction. So I have very clearly no read on that <laughs> geopolitical situation. Um, but yeah, that's where, that's where you're off is. Yes. He's a winger, but shit, you look at the kind of players that Steve Eisman likes fast, strong, skilled. We'll take anybody. Yeah. He, he, he's, he's good in space. He's good in corners. He'll he'll win puck battles. He can retain the puck. He's decent playmaking. Like this is the kind of guy who I don't know. He would fit in well. Does the team need more wingers? They sure love centers, but um, can't talk about a center every episode. Yeah, this is going to come down to this is where the draft's going to get really interesting, and a lot of conversations are going to be had that are stupid and make no sense, but are going to be the biggest talking point of the draft because it's very relevant. I'm going into the draft of the mindset, looking at the Red Wing system and everything right now. 
The Red Wings need a center. They have a top 10 pick in a center deep draft. They need to take a damn center. Like, how else are you going to get this center? How many times have we had that question? Where the hell is the solution at second line center coming? And we never have a good answer. Hey, don't spoil one third of our offseason content, man. <laughs> but if the if we're sitting here and the Red Wings are picking ninth or tenth or eleventh, <laughs> and you oh, know, it just went down to twelfth. <laughs> yeah, and then right, Cooley, um, Savoy, Nazer, they're all gone, and you're like, I like Danila Europe. Way more than Connor Geeky. Do you do it? Or do you need the center that badly? And it, it's a very relevant conversation that's going to be had. And, you know, I've always been the believer best player available, and I would probably stick to that here. But eventually you need to draft a center. Yeah, I'm probably still taking best player available. If it's a tie, then I would look at position. It's getting a little bit more dire, but the Red Wings are still ways away and centers could materialize in some fashion we somehow materialized the starting goalie this year so that was cool um you can just do anything <laughs> if you put your mind to it and also you're steve eisenman yes that's true um but yeah you're of I, I i like him because you're gonna get an nhl player out of it um whether you get a fourth line or a top six forward is yet to be determined but you know Ideally, he would be a top six guy who plays some power play time and gets some points up and down the lineup. Like coaches like that, he's highly modular. Um, it it's really going to depend on who's kind of sitting on the board wherever the Red Wings end up drafting at eleven. Yeah, it's funny because last year I would have probably said something similar where I was like, this year does feel a little bit more dire. And Evan was the one saying they'll probably take Edvinson because he fits their bill and they probably think he's best player available if um, what's his McTavish is off the board. And Evan was right. And this year I find myself saying, okay, but now it actually does feel more dire. Yeah, and there, there wasn't a lot of centers last year. Like we, no. we knew that going in. So we were very braced for the – but there's a ton of centers this year. It's just how good do you think they are? The irony of this all being is I think with his toolkit and his skill set, Yurhov would be a great center. He's he's got the the prototypical mold of what would make a good center, but he's never played center. And you're not going to shoot. Hey, listen, I know you've been a winger since you were four years old, but you know now that you're at the hardest league in the world, we're going <laughs> to change positions. So I'm not saying oh he's going to transition to center. He's not. He's a winger. That's but, that's Helberg coming in to play the hardest nine games of his life. Yeah, yeah honestly. But uh, yeah, so it's going to be fascinating because I, I think. Legitimately, I could see Yurov going anywhere from top five to 20. Like, it, it's going to be absolutely fascinating. Unfortunately, I think you do have to factor in the geopolitical landscape in all of this. And yeah. it's not his fault at all that he's a Russian born player, but there will be bias towards that. There always has been. There has been when it was good times and when it was bad. And yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I feel so bad for those kids because it's totally out of their control. And I feel that way about the kids in the C- who are trying to get into the CHL as well. It's going to affect them. And I don't want to say for sure that like this ruins his chance of being a top-down pick, but there's going to be teams, owners say, do not touch this, these players. Well, lucky for you, the Red Wings are going to be picking 11th. Oh, perfect. <laughs> We're good then. <laughs> the, the, uh, at the border, stamping visas. Hold on, Russian? 
Where were you picked? 11th. <laughs> Welcome to America, my All friend. All right, never mind. You're okay. <laughs> but is there going to be pressure? Because obviously the NHL uh, terminated their agreement with the KHL because of all the political tensions going around. I wouldn't be surprised if if players from Russia are going to get pressured now and be like, no, we're, you can't leave now. They had pressure before. But it will only be ramped up now. We might we're gonna we're we're honestly it's not crazy to say we're back in the Malkin era where Malkin had to literally run away from his team. Like what did he say? He was going to like practice or something and then went to the airport. I forget what a, what what Malkin's story was. And you have those stories for Russians all the time until they kind of figure things out. And like you guys have said, listen to the McGillney story. It's absolutely insane. It's straight out of a spy movie. Yeah. I mean, Red Wings fans are so familiar with how the Russian Five transpired over yeah. there. Yeah. Literally in a back alley with a limo door open. Anyways, or a car door open. So I didn't mean to bring that up, but I, I just have. No, it's, it just it's feels, relevant. It's, it's notable. It's very relevant. There's going to be teams that say, doesn't matter. We're, we're taking somebody just because where they're born doesn't matter. There's going to be owners and teams that are like, it's their team, right? Like they can decide what they want to do and they'll be like, nope, no, don't touch them. And it's almost a good thing that you're off plays for Magnitogorsk. If he played for CSKA or SKA yeah. or one of the, like the major, major KHL teams, man, those are the teams where there's those owners are very tight with Putin. And whether or not people want to admit if it matters or not, it will. It absolutely will matter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, the resolution to all geopolitical tensions are uh, available, but they're only on the Patreon exclusive overtime where Evan doles out his. Yeah. His, Bring his, out my his, risk board and uh, his ten point his ten point PowerPoint plant presentation of here's how I'm going to solve the hockey pre- the problem in Russia while in a geopolitical war. Yeah. <laughs> Evan the statesman. That's a whole. Content. It's a whole segment. Okay. We're going to jump into overtime here on this episode of the Winged Wheel Podcast, and it being a midweek episode, it is Patreon exclusive. Patrons are the reason we're able to do things like raise money for the Jamie Daniels Foundation through Wings Money on the Board, uh, Winged Wheel Podcast Night, everything like that. Uh, they are the reason we're able to do the show twice a week. Um, that's the reason why we are able to rehabilitate Evan from uh, the pits of hell from from whence he came. They're the reason why we do all of this. Patrons, patreon.com slash podcast if you want to join them. Uh, patrons, we love you. The Discord has been a blast lately. Every time I log on, it's something else hysterical in there. It's organized chaos at best. Yes, you're all menaces, but we love you all the same. Uh, we're going to start with Cody Stark, who says, do you think opposing teams do their due diligence in scouting video uh, against the Red Wings or against opponents, and when they get to the wings, they just throw the tape on the floor, burn it, piss on the ashes, and say, it's just dump and chase? Yeah, that's how they always get reverse hit by ciders because the cider reverse hit tape was in there too. It must be. The Red Wings aren't hard to game plan against. No. Not even remotely. No. Maybe Verona makes things interesting now, but... No. It's not hard. Kyle Hashman says, I've been a bit but somewhat less sad. Been building my hockey card collection up again recently. What's everyone's favorite card in their personal collection? That's a good one. I've got a lot to choose from. I have zero hockey cards, so that makes it easy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe that. I, I'm not going to nar- narrow it down. I've got four Gordie Howe autographs. You can pick any of them. Actually, I'll, I'll narrow one just because aesthetically this pleases. I've got like, um, if anybody remembers Upper Deck Black, Marks of Obsidian, I've got a Gordie Howe autograph with that with the little Canada flag in his old school Red Wings jersey. That is some nerd shit yeah, right there. You're a dweeb. If you saw the card though, you'd be it's like, yeah, that's that's sick. But I'm still gonna bully you right now. 
Give me those shin pads back. <laughs> they're my car. They're mine. <laughs> oh, did he bring you shin pads? Yes. How much do they cost you? No, you don't have to say. Only it. two digits. Hey, whoa, that's good. And how much did they retail for? Only three digits. <laughs> <laughs> that start with a two. <laughs> whoa. Um, I had a my friend had a box like thousands and thousands and thousands of cards. And he was like, pick whichever ones you want. And I literally only wanted a Brendan Shanahan card. It's my favorite player of all time. And I dug through that box for hours and hours and hours. And by the end, I was like, there's obviously no Brendan Shanahan. It was literally like the last six cards I looked at. And something about that reward made that my favorite card. I don't know where it is now. I started at the other end. I I would have had a month back in my life. I'm sure. Uh, Mr. Cloudus, Cloudicus, uh, Miss, oh, geez. Mr. Cloudicus says, hey, guys, um, I have a dumb hot take and a dumb, dumb question. First off, Red Wings will win five out of their next nine games. I do think that's a dumb hot take, but I'm Still with you, buddy. Uh, second off, what do you think is more likely to happen? Bunting winning the Calder or the Wings making the playoffs next year? Bunting. Wings. I don't think Bunting comes close I don't to the think Do you know how many, vo- yeah. you know how many voters are in the GTA? Do you know how many voters have already been polled and Mort Sider is the runaway favorite with Lucas Raymond and Trevor Zegers being behind this him? This is Michael also um, a statement of, I know what the Eastern Conference looks like next year, and I know what the Red Wings look like. That's true, but what if the Red Wings get stellar goaltending for three quarters of a season rather than a third? Then they only drafts 15. (laughs) Yeah. Then they only miss by 15 points. I think there's a, there's a base because we've seen polling from voters that shows Moritz Sider as the runaway favorite. And this has been recent. I I just don't see him not winning it. So let me put it to you. Let's put it another way. Of the eight teams currently in the playoffs in the East, who's falling out next year? I don't know, man. Well, that's, that's, it's relevant to the question. Washington. Okay, now do you think the Red Wings are going to be that much better than Columbus and the Islanders, who are currently between them and a playoff spot? Yes. No, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Neither of these things. You no, know, both odds can be, or both things can be unlikely. But one you. can be less unlikely. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. The Red Wings making the playoffs is. Uh, you think it's more unlikely? Yeah. I, that's I, an interesting one. We have to take you guys. Let us know. I can see voters getting stupid over bunting. I can't see the Red Wings making a huge step forward next year. I can see them taking a step forward next year, but not a huge one, while simultaneously one of eight very, very good teams falls off a cliff. Um, Jack Mullen says, what signs should we look for heading into the offseason to predict what direction Eisman will take with coaching? Good luck. <laughs> you climb to you the have highest, to fire your coach. <laughs> <laughs> climb to the highest mountain and look east. At exactly the moment, the sparrow... Fl- I don't know. You can't make predictions based off Eisman. Wait for the press release where it says that they have fired Jeff Blashill or extended him. Yeah. Try to find the Red Wings charity golf tournament and I'll hunt him down. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> um, if Blashill's not... I mean, if we're getting months into the offseason, I don't think we will. I think this will be decided pretty early on. But if I we're get- guess within a week of the season ending. Yeah, but if we're getting into like july and we still don't know i'd say then yeah he's gone but um yeah eisman doesn't really let these things hang, hang around eisman's cutthroat he's ruthless but he doesn't mess with people he's not he's not really it's all business to- baby yeah um ben Barron says howdy dub dubs how many games do you think it'll take miggy to reach three thousand hits if your number of games falls on a tiger's home date i will buy the tickets what's his total right now Two nine nine four. 
Three? Oh, interesting. Oh, he's he's, really he, he's close. close, close. Two nine nine one. Okay, two thousand nine hundred and ninety. So we need nine hits. So four and a half games, basically. Ooh, yeah, a good streak there. I don't even know what his I, what's his career batting average. I'm going to say eleven. He's got he's uh, three ten. It's it's early this year, but he's batting at two thirty five. I'll give him I'll give him eight games. Seven. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Magnus Cronus Superfans is Joe Sackick Firk off. <laughs> That's how people feel about Eisenman. I just can't wait till Eisenman's in that situation. Um, and then last one here, Babe Landiscog says there's still a couple teams that are in similar situations as the Wings uh, in my mind, with some variance depending on the team: Buffalo, Jersey, Ottawa, Anaheim, and maybe the weird one out of the list, uh, the LA Kings. Who will be the biggest competitive rival with their various rebuilds slash retools and their timelines? Buffalo. To me, it's split between Buffalo and Jersey with their young cores. Ducks have to be interesting with their young guns and nice trades. Obviously, Sens are getting things done and Kings are vying for a playoff spot, but I can see some fun matches in the future with Jack Hughes versus Raymond, for example. I'm going to say Ottawa. Uh, Their timeline looks pretty similar right now. And now that there's going to be... God, how the hell do I say this without sounding insensitive? An organizational shift. Well, their owner passed away. They need to sell. Like that, it's it is what it is, and, and it's going to be an improvement on what they were dealing with previously. Yeah. Yeah. So, if it wasn't for that, I really hate everything Ottawa's done as an organization, mostly for the last five years. But there's reason for optimism, and you know, Stutzla and Norris are all young, really good around this on the same track as the Red Wings. Some of the Red Wings' top prospects, so. Their path seems to line up the closest to Detroit, but it, if not them, I would say Buffalo. I don't like, I don't hate the New Jersey answer. I think, you know, I've been thinking a lot about the Ottawa one ever since the first time we talked about it. And I think I maybe didn't give them enough credit, but I still maintain that I don't think Pierre Dorian is a solution for them, but maybe he's, there, there's been enough acquired there where it's not going to matter for so long. Um, Buffalo will be interesting, though. It will be very interesting. I'm very curious to see how Owen Power does. He looked yeah. decent last night. Yeah, yeah, because they're basically the inverse of Ottawa. They have the big pieces there, but they don't have the depth yet. Ottawa's got a million good prospects. Buffalo's got like four good prospects, but they're really damn good. So, Owen Power's hair is from a Disney movie. Have you seen that, dude? <laughs> yeah. I looked at him like, did he have like a did did he have a blowout like literally right before this? Anyways, I love that his like D boss type of video surfaced already of like him at 13 years old doing a YouTube video of how to tape your hockey stick. That's you if you ever make it. It's me. How about the Alora Rocks making it onto like national, like international, like viral acclaim? Oh, I saw something about that. And Brad's not even in the clip. <laughs> There was like three players from my team in the clip, and it was just because of the goalie. That was a wicked save. That was an unreal save. Can't believe you didn't tell us about that. Oh, dude, Dunner's so good. That was he's the best wild. goalie in our league by a lot. He's unreal. I am so happy that someone caught that on a relatively clear camera. Our games are streamed, my guy. I've watched them. <laughs> it's hard to pick you out. If you weren't so, if you were a normal yeah. height, I would not well, know I, where you were. Well, a bigger outlet has been covering the finals, and they they have like a real budget. Oh, has it been ESPN? That's awesome. Yeah, good for you. Brad Chrysco, we know it's Crisco, but some uh, some guy with a beard paid us $5 to say Chrysco. 
<laughs> okay, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Wing Wheel Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, thank you all for your support of the show. Remember the giveaway for the tickets. Uh, lower Bowl on Sunday's game against Florida uh, is happening soon. So get your pledges in for Wings Money on the board uh, for that. Thank you to all of our uh, listeners, everyone who's given us ratings on iTunes and Spotify. It, it really helps a lot. Um, the sponsors of this episode of the Winged Wheel podcast, uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook, as well as the name level sponsors on Patreon. Arjun Shanker, Eves Bartels on behalf of the Sarah Grand Foundation, the Stay Fresh Cheese Bag, Nick Perks, Brett Bailey, Terry Driver, the number 69, Crying Ryan, Hannah's Banana Slamma Jamathong, Matthew M. Rice, Billy Howell, Brandon M., Brian Johnson, Carl Brutanen Nanaluski, Citizen High Five, Craig Kibble, Daniel Garcia, Derek Enstam, DJ Denton, Give Blood, Fight Probert, Hana Lee, Hassam Al Kassem, I'd Leave My Wife for Cider, Jay Gollum, Jacob Turner, Justin and the Angry Mob, Kaylin Wood, King Tone, Kyle Hashman, Marcus, Matt McKay, Nicholas Fritz, uh, RA. Nicholas is a brand new name level sponsor. So welcome and thank you so much for your support. Welcome to the Dub Dub Club. RA, Ryan Hubbard, Scott Martin. Stay fresh cheese bag, stay fresh cheese bags, stay fresh cheese bags, stay fresh cheese bags, stay fresh greech bags. The master and champion of the Winged Wheel podcast, the freshest freshest of cheese bags, the legend himself, Joseph F. And Fournier. Zach Spring, Zach, Sam Bengson, Adam, or sorry, Stay Fresh Cheese Bags, Antonio Gracias, Babel Landeskog, Ben Barron, Cheese Bags, Stay Fresh, Cheese Bag, I Wish I Could Stay Fresh, Dave W., Evans Bingo Card, James Laporte, Jeremiah Dobo, Jeremy Brocker, Josh Yelton, Kevin McCracken, Quaz presented by Stay Fresh Cheese Bags, Matt Keeler, Matt S., Missing Vladdy More Than Ever, Papa Woody, Reed, Ravi DeLuca, Stay Fresh Cheese Bags, Stay Fresh Cheese Bags, Stay Fresh Cheese Bags, Stay Fresh Cheese Bags, Stay Fresh Flea Bags, Trevor Pevavar, Zach Handyside, and Zach McCann, a driving range superstar. I need a tea after that. See you later, losers. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.